the Philadelphia Flyers 3-1. and one. That 3-0 start the first in a decade. Welcome back to the Flyers Nation show. I am your host, Alexa Ross. Joining us now are our panelists, Eric Reese, Larry Flowers. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Happy to have you guys back. The season is officially underway and it started better than any of us even remotely discussed or talked about when we first started this. We knew that a win was possible to start. We didn't think a 3-0 start. We didn't even talk about a 3-0 start. So now that we can look back on these first four games, Eric, I'm going to start with you. What has stuck out over these first couple of games? Just the tenacity of this team, their resiliency. They're, they're full of character. They're playing hard. And that's what's winning the games. You're not going to show up on the heat maps, uh, any sort of possession, no battles. Well, I mean, puck battles are being won along the boards here and there, not so much last night against a stiff uh, – you know, Panthers team. But for the most part, you're not going to see those jump off the uh, analytics. Every single thing that's happening to make this team win and at least start out three and one is coming from Tortorella's teachings. Larry, I feel like you're you're nodding your head in agreement and podcasts, obviously a visual media. So please. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, good to be with you guys. Um, yeah, listen, they've come out uh, on a great start. Really quickly, something I thought about. If you go back a year ago to this day, there was a lot of sports writers, and I would say the majority of them picked the Flyers to what? Make the playoffs. That tells me that they believe in some of the players that are on this roster. Obviously, we've made a couple changes. Um, but this team had high hopes last year. Um, and with Torts in, in, in the lineup now, you know, behind the bench, things seem to be a little bit different. I think that's something that everybody in Philadelphia expected. We expected to see a team come out with uh, some grittiness, some hard work, uh, hard on pucks. And that's what we've seen so far. Look, the last game, obviously, against Florida, uh, coming off a of back-to-back, playing two really good teams, you had to expect that, um, you know, that we're going to be in a little bit of a disadvantage. Um, Florida's an elite team. A lot of people that I know are picking them to win the Cup, and they hung right in there. I mean, again, they're playing from behind a little bit in some of these games. Um, but that's something that I like. I, I like to see this team – coming out, playing hard hockey, uh, fighting back, playing to the last whistle, playing to the very end of the game. And that's what we're seeing so far. You know, again, this team's got some talent and uh, so far so good. I, I like what I'm seeing. I was just going to say, I think that there's this, you know, the idea of playing from behind and not giving up when you're behind is truly like one of the biggest keys, especially in this sport, in this game. And for to see them, you know, three comeback wins and – Obviously, there are no moral victories in sports. We, I'm sure we can all agree on that. But to lo- see so many good things in a loss, I think, is something that like we really can't take for granted, especially this early in the season as everyone's kind of gelling and trying to figure it out. And obviously, with somebody new behind the bench, it there's also that, too. So I'm, I've definitely been really encouraged by what we've been seeing. And I think that they're really making it work with, you know, with what they have, with what they have yeah. available. Look, I, I think um, these guys, these type of athletes that you have on this team, you know, they can move the puck. They can skate. I like what's going on on the blue line. Um, you know, and when a team wins these type of games where you're coming from behind, it really boosts morale. It, it, it reminds you early on in a season um, that you have what it takes to come back uh, from deficits. Uh, and, and that's really a morale booster for the team. Uh, I know, like I said in our previous podcast, I know they have a really good room 
guys love each other. Uh, they've got one of those rooms that you talk about, like an old school type of locker room where guys really, really get along and they really want to hang out with each other. And they, they, they just, they're all good buddies. Um, so I, morale is really high with the Philadelphia Flyers. And um, I think, uh, I think you can probably say the same thing about the fans. Yeah. I'm looking at the, uh, as far as this team gelling and kind of getting things together, when was the last time that you saw the Philadelphia Flyers have four power play goals and four games? I'm sorry. Right. I mean like four over four games. So back to back to back to back. Yeah. Like that's, that's insanity. Cause we didn't see that over, dare I say a stretch of maybe two games last year. Yeah. I mean, listen, Tony D has already made an impact on this team. You know, he's got five points. He's playing over 20 minutes a night. You knew you were, what you were getting when you got this guy. Um, this guy's a playmaker. He can move the puck. He can skate. He opens up his hips. He can kind of change angles. Um, I love what I'm seeing with this uh, on the blue line. I love what I'm seeing with this pairing with uh, himself uh, and Provorov. Uh, I'm very, very excited so far of what I've seen so far. It looks to me like this is going to be the type of team that um, maybe last year a lot of people can say that when you're playing the Philadelphia Flyers, especially towards the second half of the season, you are probably going to get a little bit of a softer game. You know, it's now when you play the when you're playing the Philadelphia Flyers, you're going to be in for battle. Uh, these guys are going to work to the very last whistle, um, and that's something that I think Philadelphia fans can appreciate. And I think that's exactly what the city needs and deserves. And to add to that, you know, at the end of each period, it does kind of seem like if the Flyers are kind of lagging behind their opponent, they're figuring it out before that quarter. So the Flyers are, you know, they, they just won't die. And I think that's kind of where we're at as far as four games is, is concerned, especially three and one record. Eric, I was just going to ask, you've been in, you've been there. You've been yeah. around fans. You've been around the environment. What does it actually feel like in the Wells Fargo Center for some of the people who haven't gotten out to one of, you know, to one of these early games? Um, the first game of the season against the uh, versus, versus the Devils, it was electric. It, it, it was pretty packed in there, as a matter of fact. Um, you know, so on night one, going to the Wells Fargo Center and looking around, there was about 19,000-some-odd fans, 100-some-odd fans there. Um, that was the most amount of uh, – you know, the, 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 the highest attendance that the Flyers have played um, in front of thus far. Now, I know Gary Bettman – did come into um, the Wells Fargo Center and speak beforehand. And he did tell Tortorella that, hey, I don't think we have anything to worry about as far as attendance uh, with Philadelphia. So I will say this. However, we talk about the highest of highs and sort of attendance this season. The very next game against Vancouver was the lowest of, uh, of any attendance they've played in front of. So it was a large dip afterwards. And I think that Flyers fans are, are slowly – kind of believing in this team and sort of a sense of saying, hey, if they're not going to be, you know, having that superstar guy that we could all get behind, I want to see Flyers hockey. And they are getting Flyers hockey. And slowly but surely, if this is sustainable, which is yet to be seen, we might get the fans back. I, I've got to jump in. Um, I don't think we can take anything away from the Philadelphia Flyers fans. We know they're legit. They know they're hardcore. We know they're hardcore. Um, it was a Sunday. It was an Eagles Sunday night football game. There was a Phillies playoff game. Oh, I, yeah. This has been a week. This is I give true. them a pass. I give them a pass. I know you do too, Eric. Um, yeah, it is a busy time right now in Philadelphia. It's a great time to be in Philadelphia. <laughs> We're just cranking it out right now. So listen, I flew I was back I was back east. I was in Philly last weekend. I flew in for the Eagles game. Um, the city was electric. 
Uh, people are just buzzing around wearing the Phillies Eagles hats, Flyers hats. Um, people saying hi to each other in the street. I was walking around. People would stop me, um, you know, because I was wearing all my sports teams hats. And uh, it, it's a great, it was a great time to be in Philly. It was really nice to be home. And it's really nice that the Flyers do get to contribute to that because, you know, for a while we've just been like, oh, well, we'll see. You know, we, you know, as everybody looks at just kind of like the landscape of, you know, Philly sports right now. So it is really nice to kind of get them back in that and have this great start to, you know, build upon and hopefully, you know, sustain throughout the season. But I do want to shift gears a little bit because within the last week, on top of everything that's happened with these games and these wins, Travis Sanheim signed a mega, 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 mega extension. So Eric, I'm going to start with you taking a look at the contract details. You know, he's staying here to through the 2030, 2031 season. That's a long, long time. And a lot of people have have opinions about this this contract. So start with you. Let's chat about it. Well, I don't think uh, my opinion is going to be one that's a bad opinion. I'm here for it. I, I like the contract extension. I think the deal, um, you know, if, I, mean, I, I don't know right right away if, and nobody knows right away, if this 6.25 mil uh, cap hit each year is going to be too much, if it's going to be right, you know, if we're getting a bargain, which I don't, think anybody is necessarily well maybe maybe if he's a superstar he turns into a bargain per se uh but right now you know he's coming off of uh what was what made him the best defenseman on your team last year you have to pay him up and say and Sanheim I think is somebody that's that's has has the capability of being a top line uh defenseman for this team so now what are uh, what are some things that might open up that cap space if you're if you're concerned is hey you know 6.25 mil 50 50 uh million dollar contract if you're concerned is hey we're going to the we're going to be against the cat then you're starting to think of what moves can you make there's a ton and honestly tortorella probably wouldn't have much of a clue right now because he's still trying to figure out his roster he keeps saying as much uh, each time he speaks that he doesn't know um I, I look at this right now before we move any further as a fair deal. And I'm, I'm just so to have Sanheim uh, be a flyer and be a flyer. You know, a flyer for life is the meme that kind of happened afterwards, but I'm stoked to have him around for the, for the next what eight seasons. Eight seasons doesn't even feel real. So like, that's just every time I see numbers like that, I'm like, Oh my God. It's like when Bryce Harper signed, when Bryce Harper signed his deal, I was like 13 years. Yeah. What's going to happen in 13 years. So I'm definitely interested. Obviously, the blue line will change a lot. We have been talking a lot about this blue line. Um, Larry, as you take a look at the contract and just what they've been able to do, does that cap hit worry you? Or are you kind of in a, we just have to wait and see if this will be as big of a thing or bet for better or for worse? The cap hit does not worry me at all. Listen, they drafted, they, dra- they drafted Travis in 2014. He was their first round pick. This deal tells me, that they're satisfied and they're 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 happy with the results. Uh, on the last episode that we did, I, I spoke about Travis Sanheim. I really like him as a player. Six uh, three, big D man, can move the puck. He can skate. Um, he understands the Philadelphia area now. He understands this team. Uh, I feel like they look at him as a future legit leader of this team, um, and I think they rewarded him with something that he deserved. I think it's a win win for both sides, uh, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him progress. Um, in the leadership role with this uh, with this team. 
And we have had another addition to the team, somebody that Tortorella knows very, very, very well in Lucas Sedlak, claimed off of waivers. When you take a look at that pickup, another forward, Eric, start with you. Yeah, I, uh, when I look at that pickup, I see that Tortorella's found a guy that uh, you know plays his game and he knows the best. He's literally only played on the NHL level with Tortorella as a head coach. And then, obviously, the three games of Colorado this year before – um, no, the Flyers Flyers acquired him. So, I yeah, I, I think that's going to be maybe a depth guy, uh, you know, that can work maybe the fourth line. I know that uh, he was pretty critical of Lisinski in the, in, the, in the past few games. Uh, to be honest, we'll see where he fits. But, I mean, if this is a player that can fit his, uh, you know, his scheme and play Tortorella's way, Three and one so far. I kind of, I'm all, I'm kind of signing up for the ride here about getting Tortorella guys and maybe not, you know, a ton of, uh, you know, expensive additions. If we can, if we can, uh, you know, find these waiver wire guys to kind of come in and play the, you know, play Tortorella's way and and help get this team win by win, day by day. I'm all for it. I think his versatility yeah. is super helpful too. Just being a potential winger and forward, and I think that that's. Not only as a depth guy, but the versatility is just going to make him because as you can see with Tortorella, the way, you know, that adds to the aggression that adds to just your line changes and what you can do. And I think that it's been really, you know, I'm interested to see where he can fit um, in the step chart going down. Larry, you yeah. had, you're looking like you're like, yes, this guy. Well, I mean, listen, he's he's a high energy type of player and the 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 the. The NHL season is a grueling, grueling season. You, you deal with injuries. You need depth guys. Um, I think they know exactly the type of player that they that they brought in. Um, there are certain players that they probably feel would be a good fit with Tortorella and his system and his style, and he seems to be one of them. Um, and again, you know, Flyers are already, you know, they've already got some injuries going right now, but I think to build a really good solid core and, and guys that you can plug in and trust to play towards his style of system and play Philadelphia Flyers brand hockey, um, I think is only a plus. Um, I'm all in on the move. I, I don't think it really hurts them at all. It, it's not an expensive move. And uh, again, you need depth in the NHL, all sports. Injuries happen. Um, you need depth. Very important. And uh, I, I like the move. I was uh, I was in a in an NFL locker room this past week, and they were talking about injuries. And one of the guys was like, injury rate is hundred percent. You just have to be ready. And the people below you have to be ready. The team has to be ready and all of that. And so this just really echoes for me of just another guy who could get it done for Tortorella. Speaking of Tortorella, we have some sound from him just from this early week. So check it out. Let's see what he had to say. Okay. What are we good at? Have you found something that you can build on an identity with this team? No, no. Uh, and I, I think that's a, it's a huge part of, uh, becoming a team is developing that identity, and uh, no, I I, I I think we're a bit scattered, and it's a huge part of my job is to bring it together to develop that identity, and, and I've said this right along, is this is one of the best cities in pro sports that you can kind of join in with and develop that type of identity, and it's had a history of playing the right way uh, uh, towards the city. That's where I like to try to get it to. So obviously that quote was really taken out of context on Twitter. People, you know, people love to run with things on Twitter from interviews. And when Torts said, no, like we don't have anything 
that we're particularly good at to build upon, you know, everybody was just like, oh, of course not. This team is bad. But when you actually listen to everything that he has to say, being able to build from the ground up, I think, could be a really big strength for this hockey team, especially with a new coach like Torts. And what do you think that Torts, you know, just in these first four games, obviously you can't decide identity now. But guys, what do you think of identity with this team just over these first four games as they try to establish themselves as a new team, new franchise, new, new everything? Um, I'll jump in here if I may. Um, what's he going to say? We're the best team in the league. We're doing everything great. Everything is dandy. We're going to be in the cup finals this year. I mean, listen, he knows that team better than anyone. Um, I got a huge debate with a good friend of mine who knows as much about hockey as anyone in the world. Um, it's funny. He's not a huge torts guy. He, he has the belief of he likes to be center of attention and he's a little too vocal in the public eye. Um, he's a little bit too charismatic. I completely disagree, truly. Um, hockey is an emotional sport. This is something that the casual fan needs to understand. It's a truly emotional sport. And sometimes you need a coach to kick your ass, to get in your face, to bring out the best in you. Um, and I think that's what Torres brings to this organization. And I, I think I, I love it. I'm very, very excited with things, the way things are progressing. Again, things are going to get taken out of context whenever he has something to say to the media and stuff. But And that's Philadelphia. Um, the media in Philadelphia has a little bit to blame uh, when it comes to things like that in all sports. Um, but I think you just got to look past that and let's look at the results and let's see how the team progresses and grows and and gels together. And um, so far, I think he's getting the last laugh. Yeah, I absolutely, uh, I absolutely agree. It's a, it's a little bit egregious to try to make nothing out of uh, something or something out of nothing. I should say. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> but you you are trying to everybody's kind of trying to find that uh, million dollar quote right from Tortorella when he's just kind of gonna dive down someone's throat. I mean, there was literally an article put out about the betting odds or something about which reporter he's going to tear into first. Everybody's salivating over that moment. Um, do I th think that was taken out of uh, context? Absolutely. A hundred percent. As far as if he, th if he doesn't have an identity and there's nothing that this team does well, um, I think there are things that this team does well. And I think there is a little bit of an identity and, and everything you just touched on, uh, Larry, is perfect uh, as far as this team playing hard for Tortorella. Uh, that's that's the identity of this team. Uh, they're, they're not going to be the more talented team on a nightly basis when you compare lineups on paper. They're going to have to win by shoving your face into the board the hardest and doing it first and often. You know, something I like to think about um, when I talk some, to some of the guys in the league and uh, some of the guys in Philly um, – the media will run with reports. They will spin things. They'll try to sell articles. But you know what matters more than anything? It's the players. It's how they think about their head coach. It's what they think about what's going on in the locker room. Um, and I can tell you right now that they're having a lot of fun. There's a lot of gelling going on. And I promise you that they don't have anything bad to say about Torts. Is he tough? Is he hard to play for? You're damn right. But that's what this team needed. So far, so good. And you almost see it uh, in the way that – I believe it's been mostly Travis Konechny, uh post games when he's uh, pretty much staying there saying, yeah, like we hear the, uh, we basically, we hear the critique. Uh, no one expected us, but we're just going to keep our nose down and keep proving you wrong type of deal. That's, that's a lot of answers kind of resonate that sentiment from Konechny. And uh, I mean, 
hey, as a fan, you love to see it. And obviously, if you run with the story the correct way, as media, you love to see it. I mean, that's what Philadelphia wants to read. Well, that's I was going to say, like to say, you know, just to take that first sentence and be like, no, you know, when you hear the rest of that and him just being like, we are building what we want to build and we are getting, you know, I will take what these guys are giving me and we will make it something special. You know, that's something that as a Philadelphia fan, you know, myself, it's like, oh, I want to hear that from a coach. I want a coach to be believe you know just be like you know what this isn't the team of the past but this is the team of the future and let's just get to it and even if we're not like a hundred percent sold on like what our identity actually is it doesn't mean we don't have it and doesn't mean we're not going to get there listen like i said before these are professional athletes these guys are proud athletes they're proud people um they had a lot of expectations last year and they fell way short um you can bet your bottom dollar that they have a different mentality coming into this year. Like I said, they're very, very proud, and, and they're coming out to play this year. So far, um, you know, they're coming out with hard, hard work, and, and it, you can see the, the products uh, the products on the TV, and, and if you're at the games, you can – I think the casual Flyers fan and, and the diehard Flyers fans can see a, a big difference so far from last year to this year. No, Guys. I agree 100%. I apologize. Oh, no. No, 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 Eric, please. <laughs> no, no, that's all I was going to say. I was just going to literally co-sign. I agree 100%. <laughs> you know, look, I don't, I don't want to get too too overly excited. It's very early in the season. Obviously, they're playing with a lot of emotion, so you're going to get their very best. They're going to start to run into teams that are going to try to understand what the Flyers are trying to do. The, the, pl- the Flyers have been very puck-heavy. Um, they're aggressive. And you're going to have teams that have some superstar players that are going to be able to kind of, you know, maybe work through that a little bit. Um, Flyers will face a lot of adversity moving forward. But, um, you know, hard work is, is – it's one of the staples of, of, of the game of hockey. That, that, it's a tough man's game, uh, you know, women of, 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 as well, of course. Um, but it's a tough game. And, uh, you know, this team so far, they're showing a lot of, uh, a lot of toughness, which is very important. And they're showing a lot of toughness in the face of a lot of injuries as well as we kind of shift and take a look at this injury report. Some guys who have just been added. And also, I think one of the big ones that we need to talk about is Cam Atkinson. Ready for that season opener. And he went back to Columbus, which is what Meltzer reported. So between that, Rasmus Ristolainen going on IR with a lower body injury. Owen Tippett, who was someone we were all really excited about when we talked um, on our first podcast with an upper body injury, Sean Couturier, he doesn't need surgery. You know, I, those are, you know, some of the ones that we were kind of trying to figure out and on the fence about. So how has this team, as we look at what this team is and what this team in the injury report, you know, what do you think is the most worrisome thing about Cam's upper body injury, especially because it has been undisclosed just as to what has actually has what has happened and does it worry you even more knowing that he was supposed to be available for the season opener and just, just, he yeah. just has it. yeah absolutely the undisclosed part uh anytime an injury is turned undisclosed that's the worrying thing because you don't know what it is no one's there's no real word and when you are talking about recent memory with the philadelphia flyers and the way that injuries have, have been handled yeah, when you don't have information and a key, uh, you know, part of a key element to your team as far as scoring, because 
Tortorella says scoring by a committee, I think that would be alleviated a little bit if Atkinson was in a lineup. Uh, when you think about that and you see the way that, you know, we didn't really, we were kind of in the dark, pretty much still are, about uh, Ryan Ellis, it is a little bit worrying. I don't think it's going to be anything like that. Um, you hope not, at least. But, yeah, I, I mean, Atkinson was, was somebody that you didn't foresee missing this sort of time, and here we are. Yeah, and so – and to add a little bit to that, um, as far as undisclosed injury, uh, the NHL is the king of that. That's what they do. Uh, they give very little information sometimes about some of their players and their injuries. I don't look too much into it. Um, I don't think it's something ultra, ultra serious. Uh, I plan uh, I, I plan on seeing him back on the ice soon and, and making a big impact when he gets in. And with, you know, I know we were all really excited about Owen Tippett, so I feel like we're all really bummed about this, this IR placement. So how, you know, we talked about a lot about guys who need to step up. Owen Tippett was one of those guys. And, you know, as of right now, you know, removed as of his IR status. So when you kind of take him out of the equation, who are guys that you think really need to step up with these newer additions to IR and who aren't in the lineup as of right now? And with Owen Tippett out of the lineup, I'm looking for some uh, forward that's going to attack the net with the same sort of, uh, you know, ferocity that he did. It's, uh, you know, and as far as forwards you want to, you know, want to see step up, I want to continue to see uh, Morgan Frost uh, cook the way that he has in the, uh, that in his uh, first four games, he has three points, two goals, one assist. Uh, somebody else I want to see uh, continue his energy on the ice. And, I, and that's a big thing for Tortorella is Wade Allison. And with Wade Allison on the ice, if he attacks the same way that Tippett does, we're going to get, we're going to see some pucks find a way in the back of the net from a bunch of younger guys. Um, I don't think, I think as, as long as Tippett's out of the lineup, I don't know if there's anybody that uh, is available that's going to attack the net um, the way that he does, but I would like to see Jackson Cates and Noah Cates Kind of, kind of try to figure out a little bit of chemistry at the NHL level. They were very promising, pretty much throughout the preseason and uh, in the in the rookie games as well. But I mean, at the NHL level, we can put together uh, and the few times that they've been on the ice so far, that would be fantastic. Those are the guys I'm kind of looking towards uh, with uh, Tippett out of the lineup. Yeah, and I uh, I look at JVR. Uh, there's a lot of people that have written him off. And I can tell you right now, this is talking to a lot of guys I know that play in the NHL. Um, they consider him one of the best, if not the best, net front presence type player forward uh, in the NHL. Uh, he can tip anything. He's, he's got a big body. He's smart. Uh, he understands how to play around the net. Uh, so far, I mean, he's got, what, five points so far? Um, he's been excellent in front of the net. Uh, we haven't really got anything as far as point-wise point from Farabee. But that's a guy that you know can heat up very quickly and starts to put up points. Um, so you know it's going to be it's going to be a every night who can plug in, who can chip in, um, kind of by committee. But again, this team has they've got players that can put the puck in the net. There's no doubt about it. Again, we don't have any superstars. There's no Connor McDavid on this team, but they've got guys that can move the puck and they they've got guys that can get in front of the net and they they can score goals. I mean, I think they're. I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say they're top ten in the NHL in, in goal score so far. I mean, obviously they played they played a bunch of games, but um, they're scoring I think what four goals a game or something like that. So they're they're scoring the they're scoring the puck. 
Yeah, that's exactly uh, what I was what I was seeing as well. That I mean, they're still finding ways to put the puck in the back of the net. And uh, quite frankly, I never cared who did it. So if they're going to sit here and say, "Hey, we needed a superstar, we need a goal scorer," if, if scoring by committee is as good as getting one guy ninety goals. I, I, hey, if we scored ninety goals as a team, fantastic. It's still ninety goals. You can't tell me otherwise. So uh, yeah, I, I, as far as their is their, you know, scoring uh, right now and their success doing so. It'd be great to see if that's sustainable with the injuries that we do have. And only time will tell at that point. So taking a look at the rest of October, the schedule as it follows, Saturday Flyers on the road against the Predators. I will be at that game. So I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Um, Sharks at Flyers, Panthers at Flyers, and then Hurricanes at Flyers. They start November in New York, they go on a road trip. Guys, of those four games, which one are you the most excited for? What are you? Which one are you looking forward to the most, and what do you think is going to say the most about this team just as we head into November? You want to go ahead, Larry? Yeah, I will. Um, I'm looking forward to the to the uh, to the start of the road trip in New York, and then you got Toronto, Ottawa, uh, then you're back home in St. Louis. Uh, that's a tough stretch right there. Um, I'd like to see them try to get at least two out of three. Um, at Nashville is always tough. That barn's unbelievable. Uh, Florida, San Jose, you know, look, San Jose is having a bit of a down year. You'd like to, you'd like to hope that they can get that win. Uh, Florida, Carolina, those are two tough teams. Look, they, they've got a tough schedule. The NHL is a grueling, grueling season. Almost every team is really good. Um, but I always like, uh, I always like to see the Flyers and the Rangers muck it up. Uh, the Flyers have gotten a little bit more physical this year um they're not a team that's going to get pushed around like they used to in the past um obviously new york is uh, is a tough team as well with uh, with my boy revo over there um but the flyers made some uh, some key additions and they're uh, they're not going to be pushed around deloria is a tough tough kid um McEwen is a tough tough kid the, the flyers are changing from the inside out they're going to be a little bit more difficult to play against and uh, i i'm really looking forward to that new york game because you can bet your bottom dollar that uh, something's going to probably go down when it comes to Revo and one of our boys. Yeah, I'm looking towards that uh, that uh, that away uh, road trip as well, um, starting the month of November with the Rangers, obviously a rivalry team. The Maple Leafs, obviously a team that's you know always always putting up numbers in the playoffs and during the regular season as well. And then you got the Ottawa Senators. So if you're going anytime the Flyers have anything to do with the team that Claude Giroux is on. It's it's top dollar. You got to watch. But um, I'm looking forward to that San Jose Sharks game. I know that you said they were having a down year, but um, anything that has the opportunity to get Limblom back in the Wells Fargo Center, it's just always a nice heartwarming thing because the guy is just fantastic. And, you know, it, 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 it sucks what happened uh, with his career up to this point, and that hopefully he can make a bounce back. And, and at the NHL uh, level, but right now it's you know something that something that I'm, I I I always care to see is a possibility of Oscar Limbaum uh, returning back to the Wells Fargo Center. So the most out of all the recent games uh, coming up, I, my eyes kind of really on the uh, San Jose Sharks visiting the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Nice, interesting. I think that also when you play a team that's not great, you learn a lot about your team and you can really figure out what you do well. So I'm. Listen, I'm just, looking for, I'm just looking forward to this stretch of hockey. These first four games have been so great, and it's been really, really fun to watch. So I hope other other people are, you know, even casual fans are coming back and tuning in again and, you know, realizing that this team has a lot to be excited for. 
So yeah, and and, and real quick, um, you know Carter Hart's he's come out started up pretty good. Uh, he's given up a few soft goals. I'd like to see him clean up, but overall he's looked good. And um, um, yeah, no, I'm also very very excited to see them moving forward and seeing if they can sustain this little streak they've got going. I would also like to see the Flyers obviously get ahead uh, in some of these games. Uh, and hold on to some leads. I think that's going to be really important. It's really hard to come back on a daily basis in the NHL. Um, so I'm sure that they're working on things and trying to, you know, capture some leads early and then play that grind, that, that grinded out hard-nosed uh, Tortorello-style uh, hockey and, uh, and win some games that way. I think that'll really boost morale as well. And I think we'll see that sort of an early jump um, against Nashville with a little bit of a break going on, uh, you know, maybe to have the opportunity to – kind of recharge, get the legs back. I'm looking for that exact start against Nashville. Eric, Larry, thank you so much for joining us. And guys, thank you so much for listening. We will be back again in a couple of weeks as we talk more Flyers hockey. Thank you for having me.